Our God is a great big God. Who knows the song? Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God, and he holds us in his hands. He's higher than the skyscraper, deeper than the submarine. He's wider than the universe and beyond our wildest dreams. And he's known me and he's loved me since before the world began. How wonderful to of <laughs> here's a question. Do you believe that? Yeah? Uh, so here's another question. What's the upper limit of God's power? None. There isn't. Okay, so when um, uh, Israelites need to be freed from Egypt and you've got the ten plagues and then the angel of death comes and the firstborns, have we got close to the upper limit of God's power? No. Surely he could have redone the whole thing and set the Israelites nice and cush. But he just, he did a little bit, probably just twitched and, you know, set them free, didn't he? If that's, if that's closer to the upper limit of his power, then he's done a mighty work, hasn't he? But actually, it's, it's, it's a small thing compared to what he's capable of doing. Fast forward the story. They get to the Red Sea. Um... Big event, massive, incredible thing that happens. Blows your mind. The waters were parted and they walked on dry land. It was incredible. But is it close to the upper limit of his power? Close. Or is it still in the lower echelons? Or you're going to have to decide for yourself. Let's have a vote. Close, higher or lower? <laughs> lower, isn't it? Yeah? Push forward, push forward. They, they survive in a desert, being fed bread from heaven. They even get water from a stone. You try getting water from a stone. They get to the Jordan, and when it's time for them to cross, what happens? Again, it parts. Higher or lower? Just getting started, have we even got started? How powerful is God? What's the upper limit? What's the limit of his power? So all these deeds are actually quite lower down there, aren't they, in terms of what he's capable of doing. Walls of Jericho. You guys are not going to win this by fighting. You're going to march around this place looking stupid. And then on the seventh day when they're drinking their wine on the rooftops, cracking up about you guys, all you're going to do is shout. You know, rah. <laughs> and that's all you got to do. And the walls come tumbling down. Higher or lower? Lower. Um, we can easily get sucked in to thinking that the marvelous things that God does are actually at the upper limit of his power. And she'll tell you why that happens. This is my, my thesis on this. It's because we can see all the things that someone that powerful can sort out not being sorted out. Do you know what I mean? Like if, 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 he can, if he can part the sea, this man flu shouldn't be a problem. 
but it's been bugging me for three weeks. What's up with that? This cough's not going. My dad didn't get healed. You know? Actually, this doesn't match up. And so, rationally, what do we do? We balance the scales. If the problem is this big, and the God is supposed to be this big, isn't solving it, then perhaps our God is not such a great big God after all. Perhaps. So, what do we find, what do we find happening uh, in this story? Um, Richard breaks it down fantastically, and if you get a chance to listen to what he said this morning, do listen. But I'll try and sum it up in my own sort of way. Um, first thing is, the guy who's in charge now, Belteshazzar, is like grandson-ish to Nebuchadnezzar, who was the, the one who had to eat grass to learn that God was powerful. And his dad is off uh, fighting wars because there's enemies coming. You know, things are happening. So young whippersnapper is home. He's, you know, dad's away. Granddad won all these victories. We're all wealthy and all that other stuff. What are we going to do? Party time. So he invites all the sort of nobles, that's what they call them, you know, to a party. And they're all having fun and enjoying themselves. And the idea crosses his mind, oh, yeah. Do you remember that, 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 that people that my granddad conquered from that place where they had all these, like, silver and gold and stuff in their holy temple? Why don't we, why don't we drink out of that? Nobody says nothing to him. They bring all this stuff, and they're all having fun, all drinking, making merry. And then, do, 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 do. Very superstitious. <laughs> um, can I invite you into that room? Can you enter that room for a second? Yeah. And, and it's all feast, it's all fun and games. Everybody's enjoying themselves. There's probably a hog being chopped to pieces. You know, it's all, good. It's all fun. And here, this guy is celebrating the power that his family has had. And in his mind, because no one has done anything about the things that they have done, the God whose stuff he's messing about with is here. So they're all drinking and everything. And uh, the wonder of what happens shouldn't be lost on us. A hand appears, you know, just a hand. All of you who watch the Adams family probably are used to that. But a hand appears and writes on the wall. Can you imagine that at Sunday roast in your house? What would you do? I don't know about you guys. This is just personally, I would be running. That's just me. I wouldn't wait to see what it wrote. Other people would tell me. I'd be gone. Because a hand on its own, how is it even writing? There's no pen described in the thing, no chalk, nothing. It's an incredible thing, actually. Just keep, skip past it. It writes on the wall. Mm. It writes things that to the people in the room sound stupid. Penny, pound, I don't know, what would the modern day equivalent be? Fiverr? Uh, 
words that to, to the people who can't actually try and read it just are like descriptions of, of coins. Two pound coin, two, two pence. What do we do? Young whippersnapper, Belshazzar, what's his name? Um, gets a bit afraid. Now he's scared. It's like, okay, this is beyond what I thought was possible. What's going on? There's a hand and it's written some stuff on the wall. The hand has vanished, but the stuff on the wall is still there. What do we do? And then that thing that we've learned all through time, if you're going to throw a party, don't invite grandma. Because <laughs> she, <laughs> she wasn't, she, you laugh, but she wasn't, she wasn't at the party. She was somewhere else. The queen, it says here, and if you see that little C thing, yeah, you can follow it down to the footnotes. Yeah. What does it say, queen mother? Which either was his, his dad's mum, or his dad's, yeah, his dad's mum, which would be Nebuchadnezzar's wife. She wasn't invited to the party. So she comes in. Yeah. May the king live forever. Do not be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There's a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, it's in Nebuchadnezzar, not the one who's fighting the battles now, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. Da, 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 da. Um, let's enter the story again from the perspective of Daniel. So he's gone from being very much in charge under Nebuchadnezzar to Somewhere, nobody knows. This king doesn't know about him. He has to be told about Daniel. Um, sometimes we will feel insignificant in the times. That will happen. But again, I remind you, if the problem is here and you've rebalanced the scales and God is small, then you're lost. So Mr. Forgotten Daniel is called into the according to the fray. And the, the king says, the, thing, the only thing he knows is power. That's what he's got to trade. Um, if you can tell me what these words mean, yeah. bling bling, purple robes, that, that's how we're rolling. You're going to have power in this place. He offers that to Daniel. Daniel's a bit rude, I think. Um, verse 17. Then Daniel answered the king, you may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. Yeah. I'll do this pro bono. Don't worry, I'll do it for free. It's okay. I'm happy. You know, the, the things that you're offering me, I already had before. It's, it's no big deal, like completely. Now I'll tell you what it says. I'll tell you what it says. But before he just goes straight to explaining what the words mean, what does Daniel do? gives this young man a history lesson. He says, do you know what? What you haven't remembered is your dad started off, your granddad started off in the same place. That little thing called arrogance. Because all this time you thought your successes, your victories, all that kind of stuff was just down to you being brilliant. You really did believe that. Your granddad did. He believed that. What happened to him? He had to eat grass like a madman for a couple of years until he realized that his, his power wasn't his power. 
And the person who was actually in charge of everything was the God who made heaven and earth. But how quickly we forget. So you have forgotten. You have forgotten. And the gods you worship never say anything, never do anything. But then you go and take the holy things of the God who has done something and treat them like nothing. So, what do the words mean? Mene, mene, tekel, pasim. Your days have been numbered. Mene, mene, twice. Your days have been numbered. Tekel, you have been measured and weighed. God has known you absolutely. He has known everything about you. Absolutely. Pass in. The thing that you think makes you powerful, this kingdom of yours, is going to be divided. It'll be yours no more. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. So, what does the king do? Has he learned his lesson? I don't think so. Why? Because he still goes on to say, quickly, give this man the bling-bling and the robes. Make him third highest in the kingdom. Same thing he offered him at the very beginning. Daniel's saying, I don't actually want it. It's fine. The king's like, no, you take it. You take it. You come and be the highest in the kingdom. Somehow still applying the thing that the Babylonians did, which was, I'll bring you into my place, yeah, and I'll try and incorporate you into my place so we can be bigger. We've seen so many empires over history try that. Verse 30, that very night, Belshazzar, king of Babylon, was slain, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. So, it didn't take long, you know. The song hit, the hand came, wrote on the wall, and that night, he was dead. Now, I want you to notice something. This is the first time this king is meeting Daniel. This is the first time he's introduced to Daniel. He's introduced to Daniel by grandma, who wasn't invited to the party. Yeah? Um, just flick one page forward. And the first line of chapter 7. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream. In this dream, Daniel's told about how the kings and kingdoms are going to play out. We'll get to that in our series. Flick again. Next page, chapter 8. In the third year of King Belshazzar, I had a vision. So when Daniel comes to meet Belshazzar here, he already knows. God has already told him something. What has God said to him? This is how the things that are going to play out are going to play out. The days of these kings and kingdoms have been numbered. These kings are known. Their weights are known. Absolutely. And actually, the time's coming when these kingdoms will be 
divided. So, problems? God. How are we balancing this out? Daniel also has a vision where um, the, the thing that destroys the last kingdom is a stone, a rock, a rock. Very quickly, he points in his visions, in his prophecy, uh, to the birth, death, and victory of Jesus. We go all of that, all through that, to come back to this point, which I think is the most important one. Um, our God is a great big God. How wonderful to be a part of his amazing plan. Very quickly, life can make us forget that the God whom we worship, whom we try and orient our lives to, is one who is powerful, who is wise, who is patient. When we forget the value that we are on the winning side of a battle, then we miss the fact that the small victories that we, small things we see God do, which are actually quite powerful, pale in comparison to the totality of his power. Um, so when the Jews had the Romans ruling over them and Jesus died and rose from the dead, it's an incredible thing to happen. Incredible thing to happen. Was it at the height of God's power? No. We haven't even got close. Victory over death is a small thing. What we're looking forward to, us gathered in here, is God's total de facto resetting of what the world looks like. Total de facto, what is it, redeeming of this planet, redeeming of all of us. A future where we will be one with him in person. In person. And, and if we forget that that is the end, we miss the planner, we miss the power of the planner, and we miss actually the great encouragement it is to be known by him, to be loved by him, to have our days numbered by him. And rather than have a kingdom divided and taken from us, we will have the years that the locust has stolen, brought back together and given to us. What do you do with this bit of information? Here's one piece of a practical thing we can do. Pray. If your problem is here and it feels like that, yeah, remember that the God you've got is there and that the conversation actually is with someone who's in charge, who's capable of making a difference, but who's actually already making a difference even though you can't see. Faith comes not from the ether, but from evidence. The love stories is written to say to us, actually, I am powerful, I am wise, I am in charge, and I am sorting things out so that all of you may find peace. And when we get to Daniel chapter six, which started off our series, ironically, we'll find Daniel doing what he always does, which is pray three times a day. And God's promise to set the Israelites free from the Babylonian, Babylonian captivity 70 years, 70 years later, which he was waiting for, 
comes to pass. Why? Because the person who takes over from Belshazzar is Darius. And Darius is the one who has this policy of sending people back home. And so bang on, 70 years, as promised. The planner expresses his power and his wisdom. He holds us in his hands. Higher than the skyscraper. Deeper than the submarine. Wider than the universe. Beyond our wildest dreams. He's known me and he's loved me since before the world began. How wonderful to be a part of God's amazing plan. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.